0: you didn't know, it's me, it's me, it's the do and if you don't listen to Well's Mania podcast, then I got two words for you,
1: suck it. Let's go! Yeah, you're listening now.
0: You are now running wild with Wells Mania Podcast, the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world, sponsored by the Wild Beaver Saloon, the best damn karaoke bar in America, and Toys Galore and more, the best damn toy store in all of Indianapolis, and rumor is mega mondo will be making an appearance at the toy drop toys galore and more may 14th we'll talk more about that next week but right here right now may the fourth be with you and joining me on episode 64 in studio he is the co-host of wells mania podcast peyton payne may the fourth be with you peyton Happy Star Wars Day to you, Kyle, and to
1: everybody else out there. May the 4th be with you. This is personally my favorite holiday of the year.
0: It's a big day for Star Wars fans, and listen, you're a little bit bigger of a Star Wars fan than I am, but I, the Kyle Wells, the host of Wells Mania podcast, sometimes I forget to introduce myself. Uh, It's Wells Mania, if you didn't know. I am a Star Wars fan as well, but you're a bigger Star Wars fan than I am so I'm glad that May the 4th just so happened to fall on episode 64 of Wells Mania podcast
1: and I I don't want to spoil it but uh, I actually got a special guest to make an appearance Darth
0: Vader is Luke Skywalker's father that's not what I was going to say oh oh, sorry I was going but
1: yes that is true spoiler alert I got a special guest to make an appearance a little bit later on the show so uh, I'm the only one that knows about it
0: well I look forward to whoever that might be And with you, who knows who it could be. But there are a lot of really good shows on streaming services, TV, wherever you watch, whatever. Winning Time, HBO Max. I have been loving this show. I highly recommend it for all of you basketball fans out there. It's about the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty back in the early 80s when Magic Johnson got drafted. Phenomenal casting. Little over dramaticized, but hey, that's Hollywood. It's showtime. That's what they do in LA. Hollywood, the Lakers, Dr. Jerry Buss. It's a really cool show. Check it out. Young Rock, friend of the Wells Mania podcast. And as a matter of fact, that's a white peach ZOA. This is the golden ticket, Peyton, because you can't really find the white peach flavor anywhere. And if you do, stock up. It's what I did. Or the Tropical Punch, which
1: I would I would also do that, that lovely crack open sound, but I couldn't wait. I opened mine before we started rolling.
0: But Young Rock, it's a great show. Yes. It highlights his whole career. He narrates it. He's running for president of the United States. He's looking back over his uh, lifetime wrestling and how he got into the business. It's a great show. But... There's another show, and it's on Disney Plus. This one absolutely captivated me, and I'm talking about. Oh, Moon Knight! And Peyton, you're my Disney expert, you know everything there is to know about Disney. And on this episode of Wells Mania Podcast, episode 64, we just got done with the season finale of Moon Knight, and I thought there's no better time to kind of digest what in the hell we just watched. This was a wild
1: ride. It was a wild ride, and I remember, uh, I think we were a couple episodes in or a couple episodes had been released, and you you messaged me saying, hey, is this Moon Knight show worth it? Should I watch it? And I was like, absolutely, you should watch it. It is a mind trip, but it is a very fun mind trip. And, uh, you know, it is Star Wars Day, and Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron in Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, Is Moon Knight So it's kind of a Co-celebration day For Oscar Isaac
0: I thought he looked familiar Then you told me that And I was like Oh yeah Okay Well I didn't know It could have been Dr. Stephen Grant And then it could have been Moon Knight For all I know Mark uh, Spector So For those that don't know, by the way, spoiler alert, because I get a lot of heat when I start talking about how I feel about shows that people haven't watched yet, so I want to make sure I say this loud and clear, spoiler
1: alert. Yes, if you have not seen the finale of Moon Knight, then you might want to just skip this segment, because the finale literally just released.
0: Yeah, this is uh, we're coming fresh off of the finale, and yeah, I... Did not see the first couple of episodes. I think there was three of them that Mm -hmm. had already came out. And then I was like, hey, should I watch this show? And you said, absolutely. I think you'll like it. And you were right. I absolutely, like I said, I got captivated by this. It plays with your mind. You really have to pay attention. There's a lot going on. There's multiple characters uh, that are the same person. And that is Moon Knight. I mean, Mark Spector and Stephen Grant and Moon Knight are all the same person. And you find this out throughout the series. And my goodness, it is a roller coaster. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about it, Peyton. Well,
1: first of all, I just want to give props to Oscar Isaac because he showed how good of an actor he is in this show. I mean, there were so many scenes where he literally had to act with himself and... And he was so good at doing it, you forgot that he's the only person in the entire scene. So props to Oscar Isaac on that. And
0: the editing is phenomenal. Because when you got these two standing side by side, you think he's got a twin brother. You do. Because it looks so real. And I love technology. And when you're a billion-dollar company like Disney, you can do this kind of stuff, which is really cool. Yes. This show is so much fun. I'm sad that it's over.
1: Yeah. And and to give a quick rundown on what Moon Knight is. Yes. Give us a
0: little background for those that might not be familiar with who Moon Knight is. So Moon
1: Knight or Mark Spector as his, uh, his main uh, personality's name is. Right. His main, main, main character is a former mercenary who has um, multiple personality syndrome or disorder. I think I have that too, but go ahead. You probably do. I think I do. And, um, he, his other personality, Stephen Grant, and, and maybe a third, we'll get
0: into that here in a minute. And Stephen Grant is a character from Tomb Buster. At least in the show. In the show, right.
1: I don't know if that is the same origin in the comics, but yes, in the show from Tomb Buster, Steven Grant, That's where the name comes from. And Mark Spector gets severely hurt. He's on the verge of death in Egypt, and he gets saved by the Egyptian moon god, Khonshu. Yeah.
0: Voiced by F. Murray Abraham.
1: Yes, who killed it. Absolutely. In the role of Khonshu. I loved the voice. It was perfect. And uh, Spector becomes Khonshu's avatar, and Khonshu's whole goal is to bring vengeance to to those who uh, do wrong to the innocent. And uh, Moon Knight, the the personality of Moon Knight is given to Mark Spector and the armor is given to Mark Spector, which is powered by the moon.
0: They call it like an avatar. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, I'm mean, i telling you, man, the first couple episodes, I had no idea what the hell I was watching, but I also got that vibe with like WandaVision too. Yeah. Marvel's doing a really phenomenal job getting you intrigued by these shows and they really leave you wanting more they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of glad that i got a late start because after i watched the first episode i was like i gotta watch the next one Mm -hmm. and then i gotta watch the next one so i knocked out all three of those in a row and then i had to wait until the next week because they're weekly released but Man, Moon Knight is so much fun. I highly recommend you give it a shot. Anything else you want to say about Moon Knight?
1: If you're a big fan of uh, history in ancient Egypt, I would say definitely watch this show. I mean, there's so much history... In this show with other gods and stuff. And I just got to say, I mentioned it a minute ago. You've got, and big spoiler alert here, you've got Mark Spector, you've got Stephen Grant. And I called it a few weeks ago. I said, there is a third personality, and we finally learn who that third personality is in the final Jake Lockley entered the game and wow what a great way to close out the finale
0: yeah and i cannot wait for season two of moon Knight streaming on disney plus now the wrestling tie-in here and we're going to talk about this in the next segment when we come back but i asked peyton i said hey speaking of moon Knight and multiple personalities professional wrestling there's been a lot of wrestlers who have had multiple gimmicks we're going to talk about that we're going to reveal some of our favorites we're going to do that when we come back you're listening to episode 64 of wells mania podcast Thank you all so much for running wild right here on episode 64 of Well's Mania Podcast. Co-host Peyton Payne running wild with me right here. The wonder of the world is gone, I know for sure. On the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world. And the reason why I'm bumping this segment in with Kane's entrance music is because I teased in the last segment that after Peyton and I watched Moon Knight, which featured multiple personalities, that got me thinking, Peyton, there have been a lot of wrestlers who have had multiple characters. So this segment, you and I are going to dive in to some of our favorites. And then we're going to dive into some other ones that people may have forgotten. But when you think of multiple characters, by God, it's Kane. Gotta be Kane.
1: Gotta be Isaac Yankum. Gotta be fake diesel, whatever you want to call him. He
0: is legendary. And he's one of your all time favorite wrestlers. And you and I got a chance to meet Kane last year, Mary Glenn Jacobs. There's another character to add to his long resume. So you've got a list in front of you. I've got a list in front of me. We can go back and forth one at a time here. I think I asked for 10. I might have gotten a little carried away over here on my end. Well, from one big guy to another big guy, Big Sexy, Kevin Nash, Diesel, Oz, Master Blaster Steel, Vinny Vegas. Number two on my list, probably the most
1: famous of, of the multiple personalities in, in wrestling history, it's gotta be the three faces of Mick Foley Cactus, Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love.
0: Right. And you got Mick Foley too. So basically the four faces of Foley. Yeah. Uh, I've got Scott Hall, the late, great Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the Diamond Stud. Um, And while I'm still here, Sean Waltman, another one, X-Pac, one, two, three, kids, six, and Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, too. I mean, if we're going to go through NWO, we've got Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Buff Bagwell. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys who, when they joined the NWO, they kind of changed their characters and their gimmicks to make it more cool Mm -hmm. to be the bad guys. So my next one is one that
1: people might forget about, but it's a fun one. And if you, if you watched the Attitude Era, then you, you probably do remember it. I got Terry Funk. Yeah. Who also played Chainsaw Charlie in 1998. (laughs) WWE. WWE.
0: Remember the Royal Rumble that started out with Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie? Yeah, and, and it got hardcore immediately. That was a wild Royal Rumble. Uh, we got Demolition Crush, who was also Kona Crush. Mm-hmm. Demolition Smash, who was also Repo Man. This one might be my favorite because I've met this guy and he was really nice when I met him. Typhoon tugboat and may the fourth be with you the shock master who wore a glittered up stormtrooper helmet the
1: worst <laughs> stormtrooper in the history of stormtroopers and that's saying
0: something because stormtroopers are bad uh, another one sticking with the natural disasters earthquake who was also golga from the oddities oh the oddities not many people know that golga under the mask was John Tenta, who was Earthquake.
1: The oddities were so underrated back in the day.
0: Uh, the shark in WCW was another gimmick of Earthquakes. Who else you got here?
1: So I'll, I'll list a couple off as well. So, um, you know, this one just popped in my head, actually. You were talking about the NWO and how a lot of people's gimmicks changed when they hit the NWO. This guy's gimmick changed after he got out of the NWO. Paul White, who started in the NWO and then would later switch when he went to WWE, The
0: Big Show. Well, it's The Big Show, and I'll never forget when I first saw The Giant, I literally thought he was Andre the Giant's son. A lot of people probably did. So also I've got
1: A-Train, Albert, and Lord Tensai. So then I've also got Kevin Thorne and Mordecai.
0: Yeah, I love Kevin Thorne. Just saw him at Squared Circle Expo. Had a really good conversation with Kevin. We should try to get Kevin on Wells Mania one of these days. We
1: should. I would love to hear him tell the story of, of the Mordecai gimmick, because Mordecai, to me, was really underrated. I really dug that gimmick when he used it back in, what was it, 2005, I th- I believe? It was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Who else you got?
0: I've got Viscera. Viscera. Who was Mabel. King Mabel. King Mabel, and from Men on a Mission. I've got One Man Gang and Akeem, the, the African Dream. Yes. Akeem, which you definitely couldn't get away with today. JBL, Blackjack Bradshaw. Justin Hawk Bradshaw I think is what his first gimmick was when he broke into WWE and then Bradshaw from the APA and if we're gonna talk about Bradshaw how can we forget about I'll be better once I meet Ron Simmons that's right Ron Simmons the other half of APA Farouk
1: yeah but he
0: his first gimmick in WWF was Farouk Assad when he wore that really goofy looking gladiator outfit but when we met ron simmons i was not gonna tell him about that at all i'll be better once i meet ron simmons and i still am now better that i met ron simmons i think
1: everybody is better once they meet ron simmons i'll be better once i meet ron simmons
0: and this guy should be in the wwe hall of fame just because of the amount of talent that he put over and the amount of talent that he is himself. The Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. One of the greatest jobbers of all time, but that dude really put over so many superstars. Brooklyn Brawler was also Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Doink the Clown, one of the one of the Doink the Clowns. Matt Bourne was the original Doink the Clown, who's no longer with us, RIP. And Kim Chi, who was with Kamala. Mm-hmm. So Brooklyn Brawlers had multiple gimmicks. Here's another one, Flash Funk, Too Cold Scorpio from uh, WCW days. But those are just some of the ones that I wrote down that really kind of stuck with me. Who are some other ones that you have on your list?
1: So another one I've got is The Godfather or comma, And then even later on when he switched it
0: up and became The Good Father. Well, don't forget right here. In Indianapolis, Indiana, back in 1992 at WrestleMania 8. Papa Shango yes. missed his mark. He was supposed to come in at a totally different time during the main event, but he totally missed his mark, and I laugh every single time that I see it. So another
1: one I've got, uh, the Sultan, if you remember the Sultan, who later became Rikishi. And the Sultan uh, actually was the very first opponent at WrestleMania for a very young Rocky Maivia.
0: Wow. Well, after all, they are related. They are. And uh, here's a little fun fact for you. Head Shrinker Fatu. Yes. He was a part of the tag team, the Head Shrinkers. And
1: and kind of staying along with uh, that family, you have Jamal from the Three Minute Warning, who would later become Umaga, the Samoan Bulldozer. R.I.P. And then you've got, this one's a fun one, Nikki from the Spirit Squad, who would now be known as Dolph Ziggler.
0: Yeah, what a uh, good move that was for Dolph Ziggler.
1: Yes. And then finally, probably the biggest name on the list, the ringmaster who would later become Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Oh, hell yeah. So that was a lot of fun right there going through the multiple wrestlers who have had multiple gimmicks. When we come back, though, we're going to dive into something that is near and dear to Peyton's heart. May the fourth be with you. You're listening to episode 64 of Well's Mania podcast. This is T3PO, and you're listening to Well's Mania podcast. May the fourth be with you. I told you I had a special guest planned. How in the wide world of George Lucas did you manage to get C-3PO, a Star Wars icon, to drop a liner for the Well's Mania
1: Podcast. Listen, the strings I had to pull to make this happen are are otherworldly. I mean, the dude lives in a a galaxy far away, plus a long time ago, so I can't even explain how hard it was.
0: That's Peyton Payne, co-host, running wild with me, Well's Mania, right here on episode 64 of Well's Mania Podcast. May the fourth be with you all today. Today. Is Star Wars Day. Peyton, for those that have no idea why it is Star Wars Day, why is May 4th considered Star Wars Day?
1: Well, it is a play on the classic and probably most famous line and quote in all of Star Wars
0: May the Force be with you. Today is May the 4th be with ah, you. Ah, there it is. There it is. And Peyton, what a time to be a Star Wars fan. Because today, there was a big trailer that dropped. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yes, today, uh, the best present you could ever ask for as a Star Wars fan for this momentous holiday. A brand new trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi, a six-part series event coming to Disney Plus May 27th. Uh, Ewan McGregor returns to play Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen returns to play Darth Vader I cannot wait I the trailer released and I immediately sent it to you and I was like oh we gotta talk about this tonight.
0: Yeah when you sent that to me I watched it and I immediately got goosebumps especially when Darth Vader started to breathe because I am a little bit older than you and I'm a little bit more uh, from the old school Star Wars movies but I tell you what When the prequels came out back in, uh, what was that, 1999, I believe, is when The Phantom Menace dropped, it resurrected my love for Star Wars. Now, I'm 35 years old, so the first three Star Wars movies, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi were all before my time, but I did watch them on VHS tape when I grew up as a kid in the 90s. But then in 1999, I was in middle school, and that's when The Phantom Menace dropped. And it was just like, wow, Star Wars is back. And now, today, more than ever, we have gotten so much more Star Wars content.
1: Yes. And, you know, people can say what they want about Disney, but I am just so thankful that they have have brought to life these epic Star Wars stories. And that's what they are. They're epic stories. They are mythology. And mythology is the best way that I can describe Star Wars, from the originals to the prequels to the sequels to the live-action series, standalone movies, animated shows. It is just a mythology that I have fallen in love with.
0: And I tweeted this earlier earlier. Pro-wrestling is Star Wars, Star Wars is pro-wrestling, and here's the tie-in, storytelling. Yes. Storytelling and characters drive Star Wars. Because in A New Hope, spoiler alert, we are introduced to Luke Skywalker, who is arguably one of the greatest Star Wars characters, if not the greatest Star Wars character of all time. He's the ultimate babyface. Mm-hmm. We find out that his old man is Darth Vader, who is arguably also one of the greatest characters in Star Wars history. He had the Hogan heel turn. He was a, yeah, that's true. He was not always a bad guy, but when he became a heel, he became the greatest heel. And not just in Star Wars history but one of the greatest heels in all of movie history. In all of
1: culture. He's
0: right up there on the Mount Rushmore of all-time heels in movie history. I put Darth Vader right up there with anybody. Tweet at Wells Mania, who's on your Mount Rushmore of heels in movies? If Darth Vader's not on there, then what are you doing? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: But man, Star Wars is so much like pro wrestling. You've got comeback stories. You've got stories of defeat, trials and tribulations and everything in between. You get it all in Star Wars. And yeah, I'm really excited for May 27th when Obi-Wan Kenobi drops on Disney+. Plus, Plus, May 25th is the 45th anniversary of A New Hope, which started it all. Now, Peyton, you are more of the Star Wars expert. Mm-hmm. Why and this is a question that I've received a lot. People want to know why did George Lucas release episodes four, five, and six before episodes one, two, and three. So there is a reason for why he released
1: uh those episodes first. It is, and and he already had the scripts planned for uh, the prequels and the sequels, which he was going to make, but then eventually sold to Disney. The reason that he made Four, Five, and Six first is because he believed he needed better technology to tell the stories. For Jar Jar Binks. For Jar Jar Banks, for lightsaber duels with Yoda. Oh, legendary. And, and even uh stuff in the mythology of it. He he always said, you know When the Empire took over, things needed to look more rusted. And before the Empire took over, before the dark times, as Obi-Wan put it, everything needed to be more vibrant and lively. And the technology just wasn't around during those early years. So he started with the originals, and then in the early 2000s, 1999 and beyond... He had the technology finally. And he was at the front end of it of
0: CGI and stuff to tell those stories. And I absolutely love the CGI of Star Wars. I mean, who in the wide world of George Lucas thought we were going to get? Wait for it. I'm queuing it up. Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, the man himself to appear in The Mandalorian.
1: And and we can thank technology for that. And, and they, the technology has allowed so many of these actors to come back and reprise their role, even the ones who have passed on into the living force, like the legendary Peter Cushing, who played Tarkin, and uh, Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia. You know, in um, they they brought her back uh, in the rise of Skywalker after she had passed on.
0: Yeah, when I saw Tarkin, I almost had to double take because I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm pretty sure that dude's dead." Because that's how real the CGI looks. And then. In the Mandalorian that I just played there, that was the theme music. Badass theme music right there. That's another thing, too. The music in Star Wars is so well done. John Williams, the GOAT, one of the greatest composers of all time. You heard the Star Wars main theme. That That's his beauty right there. That right there was uh, Ludwig Gordonson, and I'm probably botching that name. You actually nailed it. Did I? You nailed it. Awesome. And he he also did the theme for the Book of Boba Fett, too. Which is phenomenal. And a shout out to Sasha Banks, because Sasha Banks was also in The Mandalorian. There's your other wrestling tie-in right there. But man, I tell you, I always look forward to May 4th, because it always gets me excited to be a Star Wars fan, and there is no shame in admitting that you're a Star Wars fan, because Star Wars is greater than Star Trek. I said what I said.
1: I will second that. Who's your pick? Who will win the biggest rematch of the century? Is your money on Vader or is your money on Obi-Wan?
0: Man, that's a great question. Because in the original, Kenobi lost to Darth Vader. And then he won the prequel-sequel
1: rematch
0: in (laughs) Revenge of the Sith. So who will win the tiebreaker? (laughs) Oh, You got to give it. I don't know. Do you put over the heel? Do you put over the heel in here? Have a new hero arise? I'm gonna say Obi-Wan beats him again. Yeah, it would make sense. But only only by
1: I don't want to say cheating because he's a baby face. I don't think it's a clean victory, though. I
0: mean, we know the ultimate end game here. We do. So I guess in order to further tell the story, Kenobi would have to get the win over Vader in this new series.
1: But it'll be like a, it'll be, to put it in wrestling terms here, Vader will be dominating and Obi-Wan will win by a roll-up pin or something. The skin of his teeth and survive the match and get the W.
0: May 27th, Kenobi drops on Disney+. Plus Now, Peyton, before we go to break, I want to know, who is your all-time favorite Star Wars character? Mine
1: is an underrated pick. Jabba the Hutt! No. Darth Maul. Wow. And this is because, and this is where you're going to really tell that I am I am a massive Star Wars fan. It's not because of the live action shows or even the movies. It is because of the animated shows. Darth Maul, if you have not watched Clone Wars or the Rebels, and I'm actually wearing a Clone Wars t-shirt it's right very now. Cool.
0: Make sure you tweet that out.
1: I will tweet a picture of this tonight. Go watch those shows. Darth Maul is probably the most tragic character in all of Star Wars. He's my favorite.
0: And I feel like we really didn't get a lot of Darth Maul. I mean, that's a badass character. And the only time that we saw him in the movies was when he got sliced and diced in half. He got tag-teamed. That's how much of a badass Darth Maul is because it took two Jedis to slice and dice and Cut Darth Maul in half when he fought in that dueling fate scene with Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn and Phantom Menace, which is one of the greatest lightsaber scenes in the entire saga. That's a really good, strong pick. Me, I'm a face. Okay. My all time favorite character in Star Wars is Yoda. Do or do not, there is no try. Did I say that right?
1: That Yes, you did. And that was actually a very good impression. Much better than your Jim Ross impression. Back out! Back out!
0: That's Yoda's music! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, Yoda is my all-time favorite Star Wars character. Uh, I've got a soft spot for Grogu. Baby Yoda, so to speak, Was his, is his nickname. We still don't really know if there is... Any relation there between Grogu and Yoda? They keep hinting that there might be. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's coming somewhere down
1: the galaxy. I guarantee you there will come a day when Yoda and Grogu share the screen in some fashion. And
0: I will mark out like I just saw John Cena for the very first time. And I cannot wait. So happy Star Wars Day to you, Peyton. Happy Star Wars Day to all of you out there that are Star Wars fans. And even if you're not, may the fourth be with you all. We'll be right back. You're listening to episode 64 of Well's Mania Podcast. Hey, guys, this is WWE superstar Charlotte Flair, and you're listening to Well's Mania Podcast. Woo! Thank you, Charlotte Flair, friend of the Well's Mania podcast. This is episode 64 of Well's Mania podcast. Thank you all so much for running wild with Peyton Payne and I. And Peyton, just when you thought you had last heard Sacrifice by the Weekend, well, here it is one more time. I thought we had finally escaped this song. Well, the reason why I am choosing to bump in the go home segment with the weekend's sacrifice is because this Sunday in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, WrestleMania backlash takes place. You know, at the end of the year, I'm pretty sure that this song and Wigwam's Do You Want to Taste It from Peacemaker will be my most listened to songs for 2022. Are you excited for WrestleMania backlash, Peyton? Well, also by
1: the end of the year, I'm pretty sure that every show WWE produces will have the term WrestleMania in front of it.
0: Yeah, uh, listen, I get it. I get what they're trying to do here with the branding, but Backlash doesn't need the WrestleMania in front of it. We know that it's a WrestleMania Backlash because it's the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania. It is a backlash to WrestleMania, but I guess Vince McMahon really wants to drive that into our head and make us realize that this, in fact, is a WrestleMania backlash because a lot of these matches on the card are rematches from WrestleMania and in no particular order, Peyton Payne and I are going to break them down. We're going to give you our analysis, our thoughts, our predictions on what we think is going to happen this Sunday at WrestleMania backlash. And Peyton, let's start with Bobby Lashley versus Omos.
1: I think Omos has to win this match because Bobby Lashley won at WrestleMania and now MVP is in the corner of Omos. So you can't derail that momentum. If you have any future plans for Omos with MVP, he has to win this match.
0: I completely agree with you. I picked Bobby Lashley to win at WrestleMania. I just thought that he deserved that win more. So now that we're getting the rematch here at Backlash, yes, Omos has to be victorious and if he loses you're you're killing the momentum of the big guy. So Omos definitely needs this win. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Friends no more. They are going one on one at WrestleMania Backlash.
1: I think Madcap wins this one. I think that Corbin can take the loss because Corbin Corbin's over already. I mean, he's already one of the mainstays in the WWE WWE roster. And uh, I don't know. I think I think Madcap, Madcap needs the win. If Madcap loses, then I think he just kind of fades away. So he can't afford the loss.
0: There's a lot of tension there between these two. Corbin obviously blaming his WrestleMania loss on Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss was the 2022 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. So we will see. If he gets a push, I do agree with you. I think it starts here at WrestleMania Backlash. Madcap Moss will beat Happy Corbin. How about AJ Styles versus Edge? And Damian Priest is banned from ringside. Now, Damian Priest has aligned himself with Edge. I am really intrigued to see where this faction goes. I think that we're going to get a couple more members that will join. Maybe we will see one make their um, allegiance felt kind of like how Damian Priest made his allegiance felt at WrestleMania when he cost AJ Styles this match. Who do you got winning this one? I can honestly see it going either way.
1: I do think we get another member reveal for this group, but I don't think that stops Styles from winning. I think that this feud will go past backlash, and they have other plans for it. But um, and with that being said, I think that uh, I think AJ is going to win the match. But after the match, you're going to see a new member of the group join. My money is on Tommaso Ciampa.
0: That's a really strong pick. I think Champa fits what Edge is trying to build here, and Champa has been randomly attacking people over the past couple weeks,
1: so I could easily see the next random attack happening on Styles as soon as that match ends, that's where it'll be like, oh man, he's with Edge.
0: And since Edge got the win at WrestleMania, I'm going to go with AJ Styles as well. And I agree with everything that you said. I think that we're going to get a third member after the match who will attack AJ Styles, Edge, Damian Priest, and potentially Champa standing tall to end out that match. I like that scene a lot. How about Cody Rhodes versus Seth frickin' Rollins? And you and I, on the last episode... We called this. We called this. We predicted the Rhodes to SummerSlam for Cody Rhodes, and we both predicted that this match was going to happen. Now, I, on the last episode, said Seth Rollins is going to win this match and I'm sticking to my guns. I think with shenanigans, possibly with the assistance of somebody on the outside, I believe that Seth Rollins is going to even the score here and beat Cody Rhodes.
1: I am going to stick with my original pick as well. I think Cody wins this match. I think Cody goes uh, two for two and one up and one goes one up again on Rollins. I don't think that every rematch needs 50-50 booking. I think that's kind of predictable. So, this is the one I think you don't do the 50-50 booking. You keep Cody on top and you keep letting him build momentum to that eventual match against Roman Reigns, which I still say is coming at SummerSlam. You cannot have him get derailed in any way until that point. Cody continues his win streak and beats Rollins.
0: I can see that. Now, I can see Cody winning this match via DQ, which would also protect Cody and give him the win. But ultimately, I'm I'm, I'm thinking that Rollins is going to get the win here because of shenanigans. Somebody's going to assist Rollins. I don't know who it is, but somebody will assist Rollins. Could be Kevin Owens. We've been seeing a lot of Ke- Kevin Owens. And here, to come back to Moon Knight, how about Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. See, I'm with Owens on this one. I think I think we're all
1: being tricked. I think that Ezekiel is indeed Elias.
0: But I do think that Rollins is going to win this match. Charlotte Flair, woo! Friend of the Wells Mania podcast, SmackDown Women's Champion, going up against Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I thought Ronda was going to win at WrestleMania. She didn't. She will get revenge here. She will force Charlotte Flair to say, I quit, and she will become the new SmackDown Women's Champion.
1: This is one of those matches I feel like there could be a lot of behind-the-scenes backstage politicking going on. And with that being said, I don't think there is any way that Ronda Rousey would ever agree to do a match where she has to say, I quit, because I don't think it would help her image at all, being the baddest woman on the planet. So the fact that it's an I quit match tells me 100% Ronda Rousey is winning this match, and I think she needs to win this match.
0: Six-man tag. Now, originally, this was going to be RK Bro versus the Usos for a tag team title unification match, but because of Drew McIntyre, those plans changed. Now we're getting a six-man tag Drew McIntyre with RK-Bro versus the Bloodline, the Usos, and the undisputed WWE champion, Roman Reigns. See, now, honestly, I think
1: making this a six-man tag was, and I'll give my prediction, um, I, I do think that the fact that it's not for titles now, I think McIntyre and R. K. Bro win and then they'll 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 do the title match later down the road. But I think it was a mistake making this a six man tag match. I think that the initial uh unification match for the tag team championships was a lot more exciting just because of the stakes of it. So I don't really understand why they would change it.
0: My Prediction here is obviously Drew McIntyre is being built as the next credible threat to dethrone Roman Reigns. So I agree with you. I think that McIntyre and RK Bro win this match to make that credible threat look realistic. But ultimately, Drew is not going to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. They're going to really tee it up like he possibly could be. So you make him look strong here. Have him get the win. I wouldn't have him pin Roman Reigns in this match. No. Maybe you have like Riddle or Orton pin one of the Usos. That's how I think this match is going to end. Probably double RKOs. We've seen that before. We'll probably get it again here. But as far as the unification goes, I really think that when that match happens, that will be the beginning of the end for RK Bro.
1: Yeah, and I I hope that when that unification match happens, it's not on a Raw or a SmackDown. Save it for a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, and RK-Bro was already supposed to be broken up by now, but because of how over Randy and Riddle are working together, those plans got scrapped Mm -hmm. for now. They're not completely wiped away because ultimately everything must come to an end, and this is Randy Orton after all. He's eventually going to turn on Riddle. It's what he does. He's a heel. He's a viper. He's a snake. So I think you further down the road have the unification match, maybe a little more closer to SummerSlam. I think they can extend and have them break up a little before SummerSlam and then have Randy Orton versus Riddle at SummerSlam. So maybe you do the title unification the pay-per-view before SummerSlam. That's where you have them drop the titles. And then that month leading up to SummerSlam, you have the ultimate Randy Orton versus Riddle match that I can't wait for, Peyton.
1: It's going to be fun. And to close out that little discussion, I'm going to flip it. Matt Riddle turns on Randy Orton. Now that
0: would be a swerve. Those are our predictions for this Sunday WrestleMania Backlash. Now, Peyton, what is your favorite Star Wars movie of all time? And where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at
1: StonePainProd. Go and give me a follow. I'm always talking Star Wars on there, especially during this month, which is Star Wars month as a whole for me. Today, May the 4th, tomorrow, Revenge of the 5th which would lead me to the answer to your question. What is my all-time favorite Star Wars film? It has to be episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Holds a special place in my heart as it was the first film, Star Wars film I ever saw in a movie theater.
0: Well, thank you again for joining me and running wild right here on episode 64 of Wells Mania Podcast. Stay positive, run wild, dominate the day and may the fourth be with you all.